Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter semi-fame. Chris, fourth time is a charm, or fifth or something, I don't know. Had lots of internet issues for some reason, but I think, I think we're good now. We're not live, we wanted to be live. That's okay, we'll try it another day. We still got a really interesting episode for you, or what most people would consider a very polarizing episode, I think, uh, to talk about. Not a whole lot else going on this week, but that's all right. I'm ready for a, a quiet, simple week. Last week, we had a great episode, very wild and crazy. Uh, this week, we'll settle back down. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing good. I bought a new car recently. Um, awesome. I, I traded in my Dodge Magnum. The Batmobile? I, <laughs> I was, it was all paid off and everything. It's a 2006 Dodge Magnum. Really love that car. Um I needed a, I needed a new alternator, which was a bit of like five hundred dollars. Also need new tires, which would be like another five hundred. Then I'm like, all right, how much money do I want to, much more money do I want to invest into it? So finally, traded in, got a Kia uh, Sorento, and uh, and because I needed a new alternator, I wasn't going to. I bought a car in Lawrence, so I had to get from Topeka to Lawrence with a car whose alternator was draining the battery. Um, you know, car talk, whatever. <laughs> and so I got there on hope and a prayer, like just as I pulled into into Lawrence. Wow, I never even said it where I live and stuff. Oh well, doesn't matter. Just as I pulled into into Lawrence, like 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 all these lights start coming on. The freaking anti, all the battery light uh, and everything all pops on. Came yeah. on. The <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've been there. My, I've had a, I've had a, my, uh, a bad alternator my, before. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you bought a new vehicle. I'm a little sad yeah. to see the Batmobile go. I feel like I go. just like rolled into the dealership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally on your and last. I, I, and, I, and I don't have a good nickname for this car. It'll get one. It'll inherit one naturally. So. The best nicknames just happen. They don't. They're not planned. You know. Well, I'm I'm glad you got a new car. Hope you like yeah. it. Hopefully, it treats you better. Uh, or hopefully, its alternator doesn't go bad for a while. I guess is what I was gonna say. I have uh, I've been in the vehicle two different times in my life when an alternator has gone bad. And even the second time, I still had no idea. I was like, why is everything dying? All of a sudden the car is turned on. I don't understand. I don't know car things. I should I should preface with that. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you got a new car. It's kind of a stressful experience, so hopefully it wasn't too bad. And uh, <laughs> hey, the first news note here, first attempt live. I think, safe to say, live was a failure. My best guess is that my internet isn't quite good enough to handle a high quality video call and streaming to Twitch uh, steadily. I was getting lots of red and orange lights. That's okay. We'll try it again another time. We'll figure out a different way. Maybe I'll hardwire in. Because I'd like to go live. Not for any particular reason. It just sounds fun. That being said, Chris, uh, tell us about your latest YouTube videos. Uh, only got a couple. There is, I spoke about last time, there's the top 10 emotional scenes from Avatar The Last Airbender which includes a uh, fellow YouTuber, Rohani Boy. And then also I uh, did a video about the LGBTQ representation in history in Avatar, Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra. So those are uh, two really fun. I really enjoy doing the LGBTQ one just because, you know, I like diversity. I like celebrating it, um, even if I don't identify as those things. You know, that takes empathy to, <laughs> and, uh, to do all that. And, and I felt the same way whenever I did my casting video for Avatar. Like, I researched so many, like, Asian and Native American actors and Pacific Islanders and really gained an appreciation for them. Um, so, I like, I really like doing those videos. Those are uh, really um, fulfilling. I think that one came out, like, almost exactly the day after we finished our last recording, if I'm not mistaken, the LGBTQ one. Uh, really liked the art. I know you pulled some yes. art, some fan art from from Twitter, I believe, is where it came from or was caught. Uh, really great stuff in there. Yeah. I really Twitter enjoyed and, both uh, videos. Instagram. It was it was also cool to see collaborate with another YouTuber. It just I don't know. It has a very gratifying feel to collaborate with somebody else. So that's pretty exciting. Go watch those videos. Great videos. I enjoyed <laughs> both of them thoroughly. I'd agree. I liked the LGBTQ one just for the sake of watching something a unique, a unique take on the Avatar universe. I think. Avatar is very popular. I don't know how many ideas you can stumble on that haven't been done a thousand times. So nice to see something a little different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't have any, uh, I have no videos to talk about, but I do have some interesting news. And that's that I've gotten my wife to agree to sit in 
and do a separate podcast with me about one of her favorite video game series. It's called Katamari Damashi, uh, and it is essentially a game where you roll a ball of trash. And if you've played it before, you know it and you recognize it, and if you haven't, it doesn't sound fun at all. I promise it's really fun and stupid and crazy. Uh, but yeah, I'm just excited. Actually, get, I'm going to get her to sit down with me and record audio. And I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it sounds like fun. I like being in front of the camera and talking, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, maybe maybe next week I will have that up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try that one live. I'll, I'll do a beta mm-hmm. test with our video to see if it's uh, related to my internet or related to the video call with you, as my wife will be in the room next to me. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Uh, not a whole lot of other news this week. This episode is going to be a little high and tight. She'll be in a separate room next to you? No, no, hopefully she's in this room next to me. Hopefully we're not recording. But we can do that. <laughs> we'll test it out. I'll send her up into the bedroom and put her on Google Hangouts, and we'll see how it goes. we gotta, we got to get to the root cause of the issue here. Probably right. just the internet. But come on, Google Fiber. You're killing me. Uh, yeah, maybe next week we'll give it a shot. So uh, again, like uh, this, not not a real long episode here. Going to kind of keep things high and tight. Got a work trip tomorrow, so I'll take the blame for it. Uh, but no, no further ado. Let's jump right into again what I consider a very polarizing episode. I think. Uh, really, things polar. Um, before I, that, I, uh, I, I just want to say the Kyoshi novel. The Kyoshi novel comes out within comes out next week, the sixteenth. Okay. Yeah, the sixteenth next week. So like next Tuesday. Kyoshi and I will be out, and I can't wait to read it. And I should be doing... I think I'm going to do reviews for, like, three chapters at a time. Just, like, reviews or recaps of them. Um, I'm looking really excited to learn more about Avatar Kyoshi. Also, <laughs> what's really interesting would be to see... Because, you know, Avatar Kurok, being the Avatar before her... The Avatar we don't like. ...and towards yeah. her. And, yeah, and I just think that would be... It's going to be really interesting, because he's kind of a failure... Like, I just imagine Kyoshi being like, shut up, you effing loser. Like, I got this. I don't need your help. Like, your wife got kidnapped. <laughs> but, you know, looking forward to that. <laughs> Why don't you take care of your own self? Uh, the first of two av- uh, uh, Avatar Kyoshi novels, is that right? There's going to be two of them? And I yes. think the next one is slated is yep. not in the near future. This one and then like a year off, I believe, before no, the next no. one. And then, uh, hey, uh, I know I said no news, but... It's not really news, but I keep hearing more and more buzz and seeing more snippets and pieces of information about the Avatar live action series coming to Netflix. And so nothing new to report other than that. I just I feel like I'm hearing some some energy build up for it. And that's that's exciting. Nothing else to report, just mm-hmm. hearing things. So whatever, I'm getting jacked for it. Yeah, yeah. the most recent thing I heard, um, Giancarlo Volpe. This episode, I forget if he did, um, but on Twitter he wrote that he he's not involved with the Netflix show. Um, he's a executive producer on the Dragon Prince, but he said he did talk to Brian and Mike. He saw some early just stuff. He didn't divulge what it was, but he said he cried tears of joy seeing it. So those are good signs. Excellent. I I don't think I don't believe he was involved in this episode, but I don't remember for sure but I don't believe so. Uh, hold on one sec. Oh, I lied. He definitely directed exactly this episode. Hey, how about that? He did it, and the animation... Or, sorry, written by Josh Hamilton, directed by Giancarlo Volpe. Fact-checked. Glad Gene I did. Is that how you pronounce that? I, don't, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I, I took my best shot. Um, I'm going to say Giancarlo, but I don't, I don't know. I'll have to resort to the internet later to find out. So, hey, not really news, but kind of like news pretty exciting so uh with that we have book two earth episode 28 i never know what to call it it's episode eight of season two or book two episode 28 overall it's a big series in my mind so episode 28 and we uh what did we do last time we just saw suko alone it's a very suko centric episode now we're kind of shifting gears this episode is barely involving Zuko until the very end. So we totally shift storylines going toward the other side. And I believe we're in the Earth Kingdom. I'm not sure where. Uh, But we essentially... Well, you know, I don't have any prelude to this episode other than that it basically starts with them playing with Oppa's fur, thinking it's soft grass, and it's kind of nasty and hilarious all at the same time. Uh, I don't remember if it was Aang mentioned laying down in soft grass or Toph, maybe? 
and they it was tough yes and then they had to break it to her that it was actually Oppa's fur and then they start making large mustaches with it and it, it's very misleading to me personally because it gives you the feeling that this is going to be a funny episode and it is not a funny episode at all and essentially it's there's not much reason for it up until later in the episode but it does come back uh, but they are trying to find a place to settle for the night. And I, I would say the episode begins in earnest when we find out that they're being pursued by this large war machine. I don't know what else. To, I call it a tank, I guess, on the PowerPoint. It's clearly a fire nation doing, and it's yeah. a big war machine is pursuing them. Uh, I believe Toph is the first who who wakes up and feels it in the middle of the night and says, hey, we got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. That that uh that first scene, even with the you know atmosphere and everything, it really starts to lay the groundwork on what type of person Toph is and how it just completely contradicts the type of character that Katara is. Like Katara is like very loving and she's probably more um, traditionally womanly than Toph, you know, because she says like I'm just glad we got another girl on team. Then Toph interrupts that with a joke about having hairy armpits. Um, <laughs> so that using builds, using that doesn't build using office fur, not actually not actually having hairy armpits, <laughs> right? Using office fur. Just want to clarify. Yeah. Uh, and then also, sort of, uh, Toph is very very motherly. Uh, there's some leadership qualities in there, even to the extent of uh, she asks Toph to help get camp set up, and Toph's just not really having it <laughs> at this point for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they're building up very very in a very strong way toward a pending clash and you get a feel for that fairly early in the episode i this episode and the episode after it um i believe i called them i forget the duology of grouchy toff or the duology of mean toff or whatever because she's very grumpy in these next couple episodes and it's not my favorite version of toff at all but then quick redemption arc not long after that so it gets pretty exciting uh so yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, I, I mean, I watched the show such a long time ago that I forget when I fell in love with Toph as a character. It definitely wasn't these two. Well, you know, it might have been her introduction because she has a great, great introduction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so she starts off, like, really high. Then she goes, you know, just a little low, a little lower. Well, maybe a lot lower. She's a bad, she as I say, she's a bad teammate. Up, she goes a ways know, down there. Yeah, she's a bad teammate. She takes a serious dip, I think. But I'm going to really guess, yeah. I'm going to guess... Uh, or maybe not guess as much as mine would be not the next episode. So the next one is bitter work. So it's not that one, but I think the one after we, I at least shift from being angry at Toph most of the time to that one. I start to feel some pretty serious pity and, and appreciation for abilities. That's the library. So not the next one, but the one after that, yeah. she, she turns another corner yeah. coming back, but that's a long ways away right now. We're stuck with, with grouchy Toph, unfortunately. <laughs> Or mean Toph, or whatever you want to call it. That's not very nice. She's Toph. She's still great. But uh, they're sleeping in their in their various sleeping bags, and Toph and her rocks. And she feels the vibrations from this war machine in the distance. So she wakes the group, and they don't really trust her at first. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they get up in the air before they see the war machine, and then they actually do believe her. Does that sound accurate? I think that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, yes. They fly aways, and there's probably like, there's probably like a good five minutes dedicated to like they fly aways. Uh, they show everybody being grumpy from being woke up again. They have to set up camp again. Toph doesn't pitch in again. Uh, it's very much deja vu, but with more grumpier characters because everybody's sleep deprived. Um, they think they're safe. They set up camp, fall asleep again. Uh, a minute later, same story. Toph wakes him up again. I don't remember how many total times there might be a third time. Like she wakes them up, they move. Is there a third time after that? It all runs together, and it's part of what makes me and some other people mad at this episode. It runs together. It's very repetitive in its first two thirds. It is. It. it is fairly repetitive. Um, I do. I do like the 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 the, the repetition of it. Kind of makes the team morale just go lower one step, lower one step, lower one step each time. Like, to the point where, like, so it's it's a full credit to Azula. Like, she is very tactical in this. She's like, I'm just going to chase them. 
Like, I'm in this machine, I can sleep, I can rest, <laughs> I'm going to chase them until until they tire out, and then I'm going to strike at that moment. If you told and me that Azula doesn't like, sleep. To turn on each other. Um, if you just came out and said, Azula doesn't sleep, and she's some kind of fire vampire, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. She's the devil, I get it. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought of it as a, as a tactical maneuver by Azula. In yeah. my mind, like, oh, just pursuit. Uh, but you're right, she gets sort of this wicked evil pleasure. We don't necessarily see it. of just seeing them tear each other apart, you know, like getting in the opponent's head in a good game of football or basketball. I love seeing that stuff. That's kind of interesting. I love seeing it when it's not my team uh, being messed with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's important for, to me to remember. Yeah, and, and, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Uh, I was say, I don't think this is a really good episode for Toph or Katara because Katara mm. like says some very mean things to mm. Toph like she's like oh such a nice night Toph too bad you can't see it I'm like whoa whoa Katara not not no I don't I don't care you don't make fun of people for being blind it was very mean spirited too that's not like a buddy buddy prank it was it was uh intentionally barbed not a great Sokka episode yeah. either he doesn't really help I think later on in the episode he says calm down, which I think we're all aware of how well that works with friends and family members and loved ones when you tell them to calm down. Nails it every time. And then I think he says, you're both idiots and just like, it's not a great Sokka episode either. Uh, but to be fair, the next episode is a great Sokka episode, so his redemption arc comes super duper quick. I love Sokka in the next episode. But another time, another time. It's worth pointing out, as I complain <laughs> I complain about this part of the episode, I, I'm going to say the first two-thirds um, that I don't care for, and it is kind of repetitive and dull. There is a very good payoff at the end, and it, but sometimes when I think back to this episode, I don't even remember it. I just remember not liking Grouchy Toff and Grouchy Katara and Sleep Deprived Team, but there is a good payoff at the end, and almost caught me by surprise again, like I'd sort of forgotten how it all wrapped up, so more gratifying as it goes on so uh at some point in time i do i do no go ahead oh i'll say i do like those uh mongoose lizards i don't know if you're about to get to them or not we're kind of jumping off all over the place in these first half sort of that episode um they're pretty cool um and then when they see them uh toff is like that's all right we can take them three on three and <laughs> I love how, how subtly, like, there's disrespect happening on multiple sides. Like, Toph is disrespecting Sokka here by not counting him in the three <laughs> as four. And then uh, Sokka shoots back, like, um, Toph, there's four of us. Like, he has the audacity to think that she doesn't know how to count. <laughs> I mean, he's, he says it not in, like, a hateful way or anything. It just, <laughs> and then she's like, no, I wasn't counting you. All right, fine. It's three on three plus Sokka. Yeah, I couldn't remember <laughs> what she said. Kind of reaction of like, of like, I can fight. They're they're nailing this. Everybody's grumpy bit. It's funny. That's what you were thinking about yeah. with the mongoose lizards. I was actually thinking about like, why the mongoose lizards got to be so big? Mongoose aren't that big. Most lizards aren't that big. And then I was also thinking about badger moles are way too big. Like badgers, moles, those aren't that big. I forget what we see in the next episode. What the heck is it called? The 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 bear, the moose. What is it called? The tiger moose. It's like, all right, that's allowed to be big. Those are big animals. I don't. Why? It's a, it's a silly. The aardvark thing that the one saber tooth moose line. Yeah, the moose line. Thank you. Uh, it's like, all right, that makes sense. The, the aardvark things from from the previous season, from the bounty hunter, I don't remember their names. That's another one. I was like, why is that thing so big? How come it gets... The, it has a, has a weird name. Help me out here. The sheer... The shoe 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 I don't even know what that's a combination of. I just know it looks like an animal that's an aardvark that shouldn't be that big. So, some in the Avatar <laughs> universe, you get combined with another animal, you get to be way bigger. Badger Mole is probably the primary offender. But they're really cool, so it's fine. First Earthbenders, good for them. The That's all I remembered about this whole episode <laughs> when I first thought of the chase. It's like, I know there's a tank thing, everybody's grumpy, and they ride these lizards that are way too big. That's all I remember. But um, there is, so there's sort of a fight scene, not really. 
kind of get circled up. Uh, I don't necessarily remember how it resolves, but I do remember that after the fight scene, after the little miniature fight uh, confrontation, they split up uh, and they start laying some false trails, putting out some red herrings. Aang, start puts, uh, Aang starts putting Appa's fur in a different direction to try to throw him off. And they, did they bathe Appa or something or comb him all out so he's all shedded out? Yep, they gave Appa a nice bath. And try to get him. I, I've bathed enough dogs to know that doesn't work. They still shed. And I, uh, but regardless, they're, they're I mean, trying to throw him off the trail. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've had a. I've never tried to take. I mean, I had German Shepherds growing up, but they were outside, and so I never tried to like de-shed them. They just naturally lost their hair. Uh, we try to. We my tried dog to now like, is hyperallergenic. She's like she doesn't shed at all. Uh, Charlie, we, we brush him. We use like no shed shampoo and all those other stuff. It's like, he still just sheds all the time. But, uh, the point is there's still, I think what the, I think what the, uh, the creators are trying to get across here is they are broken, but they're still thinking, uh, they're about to go their separate ways. Toph splits off from the group as well. So Toph and Katara getting kind of one final fight somewhere in there. And then Toph splits off and goes her own way. Um, but like I said, they, they're still, they're still thinking strategically. Uh, I don't know why it seems like it's important, but it seems like the creators put that in there on a purpose. Maybe it's just to drive the plot, but it seems to me like they're trying to credit Aang, like, Hey, everybody else is falling apart, but he's still trying to be constructive and, uh, and think of the bigger picture. Maybe it's really not as important as I'm making it. Uh, but what, what happens though, is when they all split up is that it leads us to what I think is one of the better interactions in the series and that's when Toph runs into Iroh and it's fantastic almost a mini redemption for Toph right here well yeah I mean because Toph has to understand that she Toph has never had any friends right Toph doesn't know how to act in social norms with friends you know she knows how to put on a mask for like the high elites and everything like that um, but she's been by herself the whole time. Like she's never <clears throat> been herself around people who were close to her, um, and so it might be a little bit understanding. And I do absolutely love her interaction with Iroh, and how Iroh is like nice to her. Um, but and like he just sits and has tea with her, and he like he pours her tea. She's like, you don't have to pour me tea just because I'm blind. He's like, I'm not pouring you tea because you're blind. I'm pouring you tea because it's like the respectful thing to do. Um, and then, like he talks about, like he he, Ira delivers a lot of wisdom uh, here, and I forget, you know, the exact words of wisdom he gives. Um, and Toph gives it right back to him about how, like, he also needs Zuko. I also love that Iroh is giving Zuko space to grow and be himself, but he's always going to be there to to help him when needed. I don't, I don't remember the exact wording, but I know at some point uh, Iroh basically says, you know, you remind me a lot of my nephew. And then it is fun to see Toph get to turn around and deliver deliver some wisdom of her own. And uh, as you mentioned, Toph has been alone her whole life, uh, but she's essentially one of the two most powerful Earthbenders that we've seen to this point, sort of self-taught. Like there's a lot of good parallels to Zuko in there, but those are things that she did develop on her own or that she strengthened or heightened on her own. So it is nice to be able to turn back and see her give what we would probably consider the show's wisest character, some actual useful, maybe it's something you already knew, but maybe some useful confidence. Like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Give him some space for a minute. Uh, but just a very cool interaction between two people who ultimately become most, two of most people's favorite characters in the entire series. It's fun to see him bump into this innocent situation. So, uh, after the after they share some tea, uh, Toph uh, is sort of inspired to go back to her friends to help them. She understands that they haven't known each other for a while, but they're her friends. Uh, so she goes to uh, reunite with them, and it all comes down to this. It's, I think it's a ghost town is what they call it, and it's just an old abandoned earthbender, uh, very much a town, not a city or anything. Like They show very clear it's just a, a handful of houses lingering around. But really what it amounts to is that Azula kind of has the gang cornered or they're about to Azula and Ty Lee and Mai. May? Mai. I still haven't made up my mind. And she kind of has them cornered May. in the back of this May. town. May. I'm, I'm going to get it right next time for sure. Right off. 
And uh, here is where we do, we get a tremendous payoff here. Everything, uh, everything that we've seen in this episode, all of the annoying sort of repetition or having to see the dark sides of our favorite characters, uh, we get a really nice payoff here that I absolutely love. And it comes down to Azula has been tossing around. She starts tossing around blue lightning. She does it once earlier in the episode. And I forget, they have, Iroh has a name for it. Um, cold, cold fire? Cold, cold something fire? Are you, cold, ta- are you talking about lightning? Yeah. Cold blooded fire? Is that what he calls uh, it? Maybe lightning is called the cold blooded fire. Cold blooded fire. Because it's like, yeah, because you have to be, like, it's not, it's a, it's a type of firebending that isn't driven by emotion or anger the way that other firebending is driven off of, or aggression. Like you got to be calm, and you know we'll kind of get more into that uh, in the next episode of the work on Iro. Yeah, it's a fun. So how to uh, do some lightning techniques? It's a next episode does have a fun deeper dive into a specific kind of pending that we really don't get anywhere else. Uh, but in this episode, we're building up to that because earlier Toph she threw up like a giant, like a very large rock wall. And then you see Azula throw this blue lightning that just uh, just uh, incinerates it in, in a second. It just yeah. shatters it to pieces. Oh, uh, yeah. While, while she was riding on the lizard. Yeah. Like, so, very, very great technique. Um, I have some disagreements about where blue lightning comes from and whether or not Azula has the peace of mind to be able to perform it. But we'll talk about that next episode. Uh, in this episode, they're just making a point to show that it's extremely... Uh, an extremely powerful form of bending, trying to get that land that point right away. So uh, they're cornered, and I don't remember exactly how it all goes down, so you'll have to jump in with some details. Uh, but basically, so Zuko arrives as well, and Iroh, and then Azula and May and Tylee are all there, and then of course Avatar Aang and the gang. Oh, that well, rhymed. I didn't mean for it to rhyme. Well, so, so, so they split up. Um, May and Tylee is, is May and Tylee versus Sokka and Katara, and they get beat. Sokka and Katara get beat like easily, like real quick. Like they would have been gone for. And I love like May's like, gosh, I thought when we capture you guys, it would be more exciting. Well, victory is boring. <laughs> then Appa swoops in and, and saves them. Gets them both. Oh, uh, and then I totally forgot Tylee, about that part you know, uh, recounts that Asaka was, was cute, even though she uh, beat the crap out of him, sort of. And has a ponytail, I believe. Uh, that was referenced in there Azula as well. finally corners. Because doesn't Katara yeah, yeah. say, like, what's... What is it? What's wrong with... I forget how it goes. What's wrong with ponytails? And he's like, this is a warrior's braid this or something. This is a warrior's wolf tail. Wolf tail, that's what he calls it. Oh, Asaka, yeah. you're cop your way out of stuff it's a ponytail man but regardless yeah. I, I digress um and then uh and then azula tracks down ang and ang is just waiting for her and he looks tired he looks exhausted and ang is finally like or who i think azula's like do you want to know who i am like i'm sure you're curious and then she's like, i'll give you a hint and she covers her face and says i have to capture the avatar <laughs> and ang doesn't respond to it like this is how <laughs> messed up azula is she's like you can laugh it's funny oh <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> like i was sort of under the impression so that Aang like, didn't crazy. maybe get like, it right away a like joke and she, she's one of the people who makes a joke I thought maybe they were trying to imply that Aang like didn't necessarily get it right away, and I thought they were just trying to stress like the tired part. But you're right; it could have just been like he's not sure how to react to this insane human being uh, yeah, standing in front of him right I don't now. Think, I don't think he is. He's very confused. Um, I forgot about that part too. And then and then so oh, goes to the fight. Um, and then it's it's yeah, and then it's a it's a three way. Royal Rumble at this point, and this fight, I think there's so much. Um, I think there's a great job of directing here because there's so much uh, storytelling going on in this fight, just about like how um, inventive Aang can be and how much he doesn't want to hurt people, and then you know how you know how like I said how tricks how trickful whatever he can be like when he air scoots into this abandoned place 
and Azula follows him, and she against Rose, but she always finds a way out. And she goes to the other side of it. She catches herself, and then Zuko runs straight into it, and and like falls on the ground, showing that like Zuko tries hard, but he ends up most of the time just landing on his face. Um, just so much great, I think, storytelling going on in that fight. Um, and I don't know what Zuko's like. What what he's what does he think from this? Like he's so lost at this point. He thinks he can capture the Avatar and still take it back to his father, who his father sent his sister out to kill him, essentially, or capture him. So he's so lost at this point, he doesn't even know what his main objectives should be. Do you think uh, Do you think she would intentionally kill them and that would be okay? Like, was she ordered to kill them, or is it sort of an under-the-rug, like, hey, if Iroh and Zuko don't come back, that's probably fine. Or was it a, do you think it was a direct order? Like, no, you just get them out of the way. They are embarrassments. Which way do you think it goes? I think, I think he, I think she, she, I think she was sent there to capture him and lock him up so he wouldn't be, because she says to him, like, father wants you back home so he wouldn't be an embarrassment to him. Um, And so I don't, but I think he would have been fine either way, you know? (laughs) It's like, I just like, feel right, like fine. You killed Zuko. Whatever. I was gonna kill him myself. You know, like three years ago. That's that's kind of what I was <laughs> thinking. Is maybe, maybe it's just a matter ago. of if um, Azula so, probably would kill. I think him. he definitely would have been fine with with her killing Iroh because he never he ceases to be useful to the Fire Nation at a certain point. Uh, I think Azula would kill them regardless of orders especially as we get farther along to the series when she gets like real cray cray. Um, I think she'd probably kill him one way or the other if she had the chance, but she almost has a chance here. Uh, when she does, uh, she gets a bolt of lightning, right? Uh, hits Iroh and everybody gets all sad and upset. Even team avatars like, Oh, not Iroh. Now they don't say that literally, but you kind of get the sense that even they're like, why'd it have to be Iroh? Could have been the other one. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, it's funny because just in that split second, like Iroh is looking at Toph, like, "Oh, this is that girl that I met earlier." I think he says, "This is my friend." Azula, or is, like, kind of explicit about it, isn't he? Calls her his friend uh, or something. No, no, they don't talk. Uh, they don't. They don't bring up that they know each other until um, episode like eighteen or Later nineteen on? of season okay. two. Um, uh, but Azula, you know, notices that Iroh is kind of distracted. <laughs> yeah, later on, Azula notices that Iroh is distracted, and she knows this is her chance. And she, you know, fire blasts him, and uh, and they all combine their powers together, which is really cool to see. Like we don't see that all that often. And usually, it's only like with the Avatar in the Avatar state. But this is like five people working together like, even Sokka throws his boomerang he tries his hardest dang it and, uh, and you know and, uh, I have there to... is a like a, a door right there and so like I I have a picture of it too because I mean it's a it's a really great moment that you mentioned it's something you always see when the avatar uh, the avatar stick comes around it's that kind of has that kind of magnitude but for some reason I stuck it as the last slide on the PowerPoint because I wasn't thinking but it's a great picture we'll bring it up later <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a few minutes. <laughs> but I interrupted you. You were talking about the door. You were talking about the door? Can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, yeah, there was a door. So, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, how does she escape? Like, there was like a slight door there. Like, I'm sure she built up a fire shield big enough that she can escape through the back door so it wasn't like completely uh you know just completely out of nowhere that she escaped from that <laughs> but this one they do call back to that in uh the ember island players play like how did azula escape all four all five of them um, i forget and i do love back. zuko's reaction of of like he's he's like so beaten up about this like how did how did this happen to iroh and like katara offers to heal him and the way he says leave, like, great job by Dante Bosco acting, just like, leave! And he throws fire, but it's not, like, the, 
the way the bending works, the bending to me is all about like there's physical and there's spiritual aspect of it, and there's also there's your intentions behind it. Like he didn't have intentions of striking them with fire that moment. He had intentions of warding them away. So the fire never really like hurts them. It, and uh, Katara offers to heal him, which I'm going to do a video one day on what if Katara healed Iroh in this moment. I think it could have some ramifications um, throughout the whole entire series. I haven't thought about it much, but I'm going to do the video sometime in the future. I don't know when. This is kind of the beginning. Is or Well, it could just be me thinking this way. This season culminates in, uh, in some big Katara Suko moments, the end of this uh, book does this is kind of the first little taste of interaction between them her offering to heal iroh and us all probably being a little disappointed that she doesn't get to i think i'd say most people probably are i certainly was Um, yeah i mean if he if you know if she did though like if she did heal him that would build up less uh conflict within zuko right so then zuko probably would have joined team avatar a lot earlier and it wouldn't have been as satisfying like it's within zuko's character right now to not trust anybody like he just tried to capture aim and i'm sure if iroh was like awake and sound he'd be like well no let her heal me please i'm hurt zuko chill this really sucks let's let's put some water on this please pretty please um yeah i i mean (laughs) Well, you're right. It would make an interesting like, video. Zuko, what would some other have you ever been hit be? by fire? Like, it hurts. Uh, and Zuko would oh, be like, sorry. yeah, I definitely have, actually. <laughs> you know what? He should be more empathetic. Zuko, you should... Wouldn't yeah. it have been nice to have somebody work on your face right after it got fired, fire burnt? I, I don't know. You might have felt better. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I've never been hit in the face with fire. But I assume it hurts. I, th- you're right. Uh, my so that would put make... a hot iron to my face. That's hey, you got a mean cheek. sister, man. That's crazy. Oh, is your sister's name Azula? I hope she doesn't hear that. I'm sorry. Um, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> How appropriate would that be? Um, long story short, uh, I think you oh, have gee, a case for a compelling uh, video. I there. Know. It's one of those stupid arguments, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, me and my sister did mean things to each other. I guess they just weren't related talking about to... my sister making a case about just on uh, my family dysfunctions and stuff. <laughs> we're a good family though. Yeah, yeah, I was to say great family, but we certainly <laughs> I feel like our fights were more like more like hand to hand violence rather than, you know, uh irons, for example. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we did that we had that too. You have but just this wasn't like a fight. She didn't have like a hot iron in her hand. Right, she didn't have like one hot iron. one in each we hand and thrown boxes. She grabbed hot one. iron. She was like, "I'm gonna burn you with this." I'm like, "No, you're not. I'm gonna burn you in your face." Like, no, you're not. And then, and I think even she was like slightly surprised. Like, oh man, it. I did it! And you're like, "Hey." Uh, and then she didn't get in trouble though because I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> she was surprised at her own Azulaness there for just a second. Although Azula never uh, has yeah, that man, moment. We'll about just... that someday. <laughs> Uh, long story short, I think you have a compelling case or a case for a compelling video there. What would have happened? Because like I said, I know I would have liked to <laughs> see maybe Katara just take a stand and be like, no, shut up, and then heal him. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see ramifications. But uh, I do. I never thought of his firebending. It never occurred to me like, hey, his firebending didn't hurt any of them. Uh, it was like a warning shot almost, but it didn't occur to me like why that would happen. That's kind of interesting that you said the intention or you believe that the intention of the firebending, uh, maybe his mind is on Iroh and in a saving, protecting, warding. I think he said ward specifically uh, in that kind of place. So when he throws that, when he throws that fire, it's a different kind of fire. I don't know. It's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. And... Well, I think it's it's been shown throughout the Avatar universe. Like there's there's a scene, you know, when Jet dies. Um, you know, uh, Long Fei. Earth bends at him and it kind of hits him in the chest and he dies. And then there's an episode, um, the Western Air Temple, where Toph does a similar move against Zuko and she earth bends and it looks like the rock structure looks very similar. And fans are like, oh, well, why didn't that hurt Zuko that much? Then in commentary, uh, Brian Kanisko is like, well, you know, she wasn't trying to hurt him. Like it was, it was, you know, it was just about warding him off, you know, even though it looks similar to, to Jet's uh, and Long Fei's battle, it was completely different kind of intentions. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know. I forget what the exact wording, what his exact quote was, but 
I can see that being, uh, you know, if, uh, if bending is so connected to sort of your emotional state, I can see I'd be attached to your intentions as well. It's funny to think about, like, for some reason, it's easier for my mind to accept, like, hey, you can spout out a little fire that doesn't hurt anybody. But to spout out, like, a rock wall and hitting somebody is, like, it's probably going to hurt either way. <laughs> yeah, fair uh, enough. No, I, get, I totally get it, though. I, I'm, I can't picture off the top of my head that scene. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if now I pick up on it a little better when it actually happens. I'm sure I will. Watching with much more intention these days. Uh, much more attention, excuse me, mm-hmm. these days. And so uh, Iroh, Zuko on the ground. Zuko scares everybody away. So this beautiful moment we had uh, with everybody working together lasted literally like, I don't know, five seconds. But it was a really good five seconds. Made you feel good inside. Uh, inspires you to like go run through a brick wall or something. Uh, but Zuko shoes them away, and in essence, that is, uh, that's basically the end of the episode. I don't remember if anything happens literally after that, if they all get to just go on their way again, yep. resume their trip. Uh, but that's it. That's the end of the chase, which is a very much, like I said, I don't want to call it a half-and-half half episode. It's more like a two-thirds, one-third, where it feels very different on both sides of those. But the build-up's important. Um, I get why it's mm-hmm. in there. And you also, let's be honest, some of this could just be filling time. Like, hey, we got to wake him up one more time and fill some more, fill some more in this episode. I don't know. Uh, with that, let's jump right into yeah. scores. Yeah. Get to Chris's scores first. If I can click on the right stuff here. Here we go. Chris, go ahead. All right. Audio visual, give it eight and a half. I uh, mostly give it eight and a half because of the fight scene. And I like said before, I think there was so much storytelling done within that fight scene that I thought it was really remarkable. Like, animation-wise, I don't think there was anything quite, like, just over-the-top impressive. Um, but still, so much visual storytelling going on there. Give it eight and a half. As for story, gave that a seven and a half. There just isn't, I don't think, that much story going on here. It's like, all right, they chase them, and then they get in a fight, and then that's it. Um, so, really, I maybe could have gave this a seven, honestly. Um, but yeah, there's just not much story there. There's I mean, a good moment nice between things. Toph and and uh, and Iroh, and I think that's where the story shines the most. I mean, some nice yeah, things some happen. It's not like we're trying to bash is... the whole episode, but it just it doesn't uh, it doesn't conglomerate into a good story necessarily. But not a bad one by any means. Memorable. You have a seven. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. One. So as from. <laughs> yes, for memorable, have a seven. This is this is one of those episodes that I don't necessarily look forward to each time. It's it's yeah, no, it's just not that memorable. There's nothing really in it. Even even the Toph and and Iroh piece, which is probably the highlight of the episode. Um, even that doesn't crack like my top thirty memorable things in Outer Last Airbender. So. It's a seven out of ten there. Should bring my way to average score to what a seven point seven? Dang it, seven point eight. Seven eight, 10. yeah. Uh and that falls in pretty respectable territory. Um I was pretty similar, except for audiovisual, so I gave it a seven point five. But I'll be the uh, I'll be happy to say that I was wrong in the sense of when I think of audiovisual, um I tend to think of music and scenery and things, and there's not a ton of it here, but you're right. Uh, they do a tremendous amount, at least in that fight scene and in the tea scene. And even in the scenes I don't like, uh, there's a lot of great visual storytelling. So I probably should give it more credit. So I gave it a seven and a half. I could maybe change my mind there if I went back and did it again. Story, 7.5. Same thing. I just, I, I can't contain my lack of interest overall at the overall story here. There's two or three really nice things that happen. And then a lot of stuff that just makes me not care for what's going on here. Um, don't know what else to say. It's 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 okay. I mean, nothing wrong with the seven point five. It just not that interesting to me. I will say it is very memorable. Uh, maybe not always for the greatest reasons, but when I think of Toph, I do think of this episode a lot and remind myself, like, hey, Toph ends up being one of my favorite characters. Uh, but she starts, as John Mulaney would say, in a pretty rough place. And you you said earlier she comes out of the gate strong. Her introduction is great. But these are our first two or three episodes here where we're dealing with Toph, uh, where I flat out just don't like her at first. 
Um, and this one is sort of the pinnacle of that in my mind. So it is memorable, maybe not in a great way. Um, I don't look forward to watching it, but I always know where it is and when it's going to happen. And I'm not really looking forward to it, to be honest. That brings my weighted average to a 7.7. So we came out very sure. similar there. Nothing wrong with a 7.7. That's right in sort of the meat of where a lot of our episodes land. It brings our weighted score to a 7.7. And here's that great picture of everybody working together. No Qatar, uh, or sorry, uh, no soccer throwing a boomerang here. But you get to see everybody else bending. Wow. It's four plus soccer. Oh, next episode, such a great soccer episode. I love it. It's fantastic. You know, I don't even love the episode. I, I always just love, love like somehow. Sorry, I always love how somehow in Avatar, like they always like maintain order. <laughs> even and I feel like they do it on purpose because this is going in the order of of the Avatar cycle. So air, water, earth, fire. <laughs> That's so funny to because it does, but it's not the order that I think of it. I always think of it as the opening scene. Don't they go water, earth, fire, air? So like it's still in order, but the fact that it starts with Aang threw my brain off there when you said that. For yeah. me. like you're like it goes in order. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Oh wait, it does. I'm just stupid. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's as, cool as long, yeah. as long as that circle is the same circle and it's going in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm sure they did that on purpose, right? Or if they just, they put Toph and Zuko close together because maybe Zuko doesn't know, like, she's a friend of Iroh's, so maybe she's a bad guy. I don't know. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> she's a mediary. No, they don't know that, but I didn't notice. Excellent catch. And just a good picture. Um, something about this. We, we see the we see the spheres a lot, and we think of, quite frankly, we think of the Avatar state, so... Um, it's weird but interesting to see that symmetry in or that symbolism used in another way uh, to defeat an evil monster. But yeah, uh, that and again, I show that picture. That's one of two interesting parts of this entire episode. You tossed out a couple of the burns they had. I should give those credit, but I don't want to because they were mean burns. They weren't like the comedy that we're used to. They were they were mean spirited things that were said and that that that's hurtful kids <laughs> that's hurtful i yeah i don't know what else to say about this episode i don't i don't love it but i get why it's placed it's this is an episode where it really can't take place many other places um it does start to build up to several things uh reuniting or getting Toph integrated with the gang reuniting zuko and iroh uh starting this thing between katara and zuko uh, that builds up gradually over the rest of the season. So sometimes we say these episodes like, hey, you could put that anywhere and it'd be fine. This is the exact opposite. It needs to be exactly right here. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> that's about all I got to say. Final thoughts from you? Final thoughts, Chris? Can you hear me? Ah, oh, the internet's been rough today. Yes, uh, final thoughts. It's a it's okay episode. Um, it has, I think, just one really great fight. It's kind of a short-lived fight, if anything. Um, and, you know, I guess we, none of us really like to see our characters arguing with each other. I did have this thought that this episode and possibly the Runaway episode is kind of like um, the Amber Island or the beach, the beach episode um, with... But, like, there's these... This episode is like, how do we break down our protagonists um, and how do we view their interactions and their relationships with each other? And then the beach is like, how do we view our antagonists and their reactions and, and uh, you know, and how they interact with each other. So, that, Yeah, I never that's thought. That's a good, no, that's a very good parallel. Uh, probably, probably another episode that's not exactly loved by most so to uh, so to speak not hated just not loved um but i think you're right i think it's a very nice parallel here sort of a mandatory character development episode in a way um each of those i i don't like the one the ember island beach one at all but i get why it's there it's a nice break i don't you know we'll talk to it when we come to it but i have issues with with why they're just all there hanging out at that point it bothers me but another episode for another time uh, I will say the next episode, it's not one of my favorite episodes by any means, but I mentioned 
uh, Sokka is great in the next episode. And then we get a really cool parallel side-by-side of two different bending styles sort of being taught and learned. Um, you kind of get an in-depth look at them, maybe more so than you get to the other styles at any point in the series, I think, uh, personally. And so the next episode, while maybe not the most exciting, is uh, is pretty interesting and unique in its own right. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll try to test some things out, and maybe we'll try going live again at another point or pre-record it and then stream it live. We'll see. Um, again, I don't really have a purpose for going live. It just sounds like fun and something I'd like to try. So we'll see if we can figure that out for next time. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully you weren't one of the one slash two people interested in watching us live. If you're one of those people, we're very sorry. Um, I'll blame my internet. It probably just isn't good to, good enough to keep up with everything. But another time, we'll figure it out. I'm very excited to give it a try. In the meantime, go to Chris's channel on YouTube. That's The Objective Geek. Go watch his latest videos. Uh, my name is Sean Shaler. You don't have to watch anything I do except for this right here, uh, which you can find on Apple Podcasts. You already know that. You've already found it probably. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the place that hosts our podcast, which if you have a podcast, you need to use it because it's 100% free and super user-friendly. It's called podcasts.com. And you never see it advertised anywhere, and I think that's a shame because it's a great service. So go use podcast.com. Start your own podcast. Tell me about it. And my name's Sean Taylor. That's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. Thank you very much for hanging out with us today. And we will be back next week with the episode called Bitter Work, I think, which I don't really understand the title. It'll make yes. more sense next week. Bitter Work. Thank you for joining us. Have a great evening.